All right, welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Miller. I'm a real estate agent and team leader with the Tyler Miller team at eXp Realty. And I started this podcast because I just feel that the bar is pretty low in the real estate industry, and I wanted to do my best to help raise the bar. Um, so the concept of this podcast is I meet with top producers and influential realtors across the nation, where the goal is to help raise the bar and uh, dig into what they're kind of doing in their business to uh, become those top producers. So get into their, um, their habits, their hacks, their routines and strategies. And so uh, my advice when listening to this or watching this is to try to take one or two things away from this podcast. There's gonna be a lot of info thrown at you. Um, it's like going to one of those conferences and we don't do anything after because there's 50 ideas. Just take one or two away and try to implement it into your business. And, uh, you know, these things do work and they could help you become a top producer. So with that being said, I'm very excited today to uh, welcome my amazing guest and business partner, Adam <laughs> A.J. Pedersen. Oh, thanks for having me, Tyler. This is great. I'll never call you Adam again, but just for I those... get Adam all the time though. Do you really? I get, well, because like people go on showing time requests and then they right. start texting me. And Can't it says, you change Adam. that? Andy? I think so, but I haven't done it yet. Okay, so anybody that's out there, if you want to find him anywhere, you got to look for Adam Pedersen, which is the <laughs> dumbest thing. His name is AJ. People. So, um, for those of you who haven't ever met AJ, uh, I wrote down some things that I think of when I think of the wonderful A.J. Pedersen. So here's what I wrote down. And I wrote, I typed, because we don't write. Yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, I wrote down, first thing I wrote down, top producer, mm. Angle and Volkers, and now EXP Realty. Correct me if I'm wrong, you were the number one realtor in Minnesota at ENV before you left? I won the awards, I think. He won yes. the awards, people. There may have so. been, the, the owner of the company may have sold more than me, but they gave me the award <laughs> yeah. anyhow. So. Well, you were like, other than the owner, yeah. you were the number one there. So top producer, um, twins baseball player. Hmm. Kind of. Minor league baseball player. Well, you were there. I did wear a jersey. You wore it. Yeah. yeah you were there. Um, family. Hmm. And that can go in a bunch of different ways. Yep. But when I, when I typed it, I thought of your business is involving your brothers mm -hmm. and their wives and stuff like that. Right? Yeah. And your yep. wife. Absolutely. So, Family, um, incredible investor, Burr method. Mm. Mm. That could be a whole oh, other podcast. Yes, dude. yes, yes, yes. That could be a whole other podcast. It probably will be a whole other podcast. Um, I put in all caps systems. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. love systems. He's a freak in the spreadsheets. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm I buying like you it. that shirt. I, I like it. Care. Um, yeah, so age, and the reason I wrote that is, uh, and I also wrote slash goodwill hunting. Because AJ has a brilliant mind. Well, thank you. You do. Thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, thank God you're smart because I don't know what else you'd do. Um, <laughs> he's a face for radio. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I mean, AJ, one of the smartest guys I know, um, especially in this industry, but just in general, just super, super smart guy. If you ever need anything broken down, just running numbers, like AJ's the guy. So um, nerdy, but in a good way. Um, has two phones. Yes. Life hack. And is one of the nicest guys I know. Well, thank you. Yeah. They're very kind words. Yeah. So I, it. I just wanted to give everybody a quick little idea of, you know, if you tuned into this podcast, who you're going to be hearing from. And uh, and that's the way that I would sum up AJ uh, if I had to do it in like 10 different ways. 
So uh, today we're going to be unpacking AJ's superpower. Pew, pew. There we go. Superpower. Um, his superpower, when I asked him, I mean, he had three superpowers. So hey, that's, hey, that's hey. I, I had something. I gave you some <laughs> options, things I could talk about. Yep, yep. But his main superpower, and I agree with this, is uh, finding his niche or finding helping people find their niche and passion within the industry and going all in on it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that. But really quick. I gave you my intro of, uh, you know, what AJ is all about, but I want to hear from you, AJ. Uh, why don't you give us a quick background, um, tell everybody about your family, where you're from. Ooh, okay. I'm from Minnetonka, currently mm-hmm. residing Cake about... Cake eater. Oh, that's Edina. Take well, it easy. Okay. Uh, to, to this Blaine guy, you know, <laughs> you're both cake eaters. Yeah. Currently <laughs> residing about uh, 10 doors down on the same side of the street that I grew up on. Um, with my wife, three kids, um, two boys and a girl, Holden, mm-hmm. Brody, and Daphne. Uh, yeah, I mean, I run a team of uh, thirty to thirty-five agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sell, and you, we'll sell anywhere from three hundred eighty to four hundred homes this year. Only three hundred eighty to four hundred guys. Yeah, we deal. really wanted four hundred. Um, I've been doing this for almost ten years now, mm-hmm. which is pretty wild. Um, as Tyler mentioned, I played baseball before then. Uh, went to the U of M, got drafted by the Twins, played for three years, uh, went to that heartbreaking loss yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. Terrible. But I did play with a couple of those guys. So it's it's really fun to, um, you know, stay in the game. And my kids are now more into sports, which has been yeah. super, super fun to be a part of. Yeah. So I was going to ask you how, how you handled it yesterday. It was tough. I was, dude, I was watching it with the family. I was getting into it. 14 strikeouts, 30 swings and misses. Um that was difficult, but the atmosphere was really, really cool. It was just fun to see Minnesota Twins fans be excited about it. It was super loud on TV; like you could hear the. Crowd. It was. We were standing almost the whole game. Yeah. So that last pitch, though, strike. Uh, I we it, we just exited right away. But he had one earlier where he got punched out. Um, it was. Can you appeal that? No, you they're can't. they're trying to implement a system where you can appeal a certain number of pitches per right. game as the batter right where you just call up to the booth and they click quick tell you if it's a ball or strike the one big one max got punched out on earlier was i think like four inches outside and we stole the base on it too mm. and it was with two outs so anyway we don't need to get into too much yeah. into baseball <laughs> yeah. but that'll be a whole nother um, episode again yeah um well anyways so yeah got drafted by the twins um you have how many kids three children three children mm-hmm. two boys and a girl two right. boys and a girl um, and you've been married to Emily for almost 11 years, 11 years next Friday. Wow. Well, happy early anniversary. Thank bro. you. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, you guys sell between around 400 houses, um, 30 to 35 agents currently at EXP Realty. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's your primary market? What do you specialize in? That's a great question. Um, our team, I would say, specializes in uh, first-time home buyers. Would be the biggest thing mm-hmm. for me. It's now. I always tell people in real estate, and you probably sense this being in for a while. I tend to work with a lot of people that are just like me because right. they're my friends. That's my network. Yep. So um, at the beginning, I worked with a lot of first-time home buyers. Then I worked with a lot of people selling and buying bigger houses. Yep. Um, I do a lot of new construction, uh, but our team is scattered throughout the Twin Cities. So we've got you know northeast. West, South, yep. everybody. Yeah, so. cover all the bases, basically. Exactly. That should be your slogan. Cover all, all the, the bases. bases. Did you ever think about No, that? I had one early on that was leading you home. Did you really? Yeah. You had mine? Yeah. Oh, Before my you God. had oh it. My, I did I steal it from you and you I didn't even know? Have, yeah. 
I didn't really go didn't for it. That. It's okay. I didn't go for it. It sucks. It's, it's the worst It's idea. great. <laughs> for you, it would have been great. It was a base. Yeah. For me, it makes no sense. It makes a lot of sense. For you, though, you're ba- dude, covering the bases. I'm covering just, the bases. Um, we're going to have a new uh, team name by the end of this. Yeah, we will. Totally. <laughs> um, and then where can people find your business? Where, um, where are you located and, and where should they go to look up more about you? Yeah, so um, our office is in downtown Hopkins, 9th and Main Street. Um, super fun. If you're walking down Main Street, you'll see a big neon sign in the window. It's a really cool spot. Yeah, it's fun. Um, we are the Advisory Realty Group, so theadvisorymn.com. And I believe all of our handles are just theadvisorymn. So I think it is. Yep. Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook, TikTok. You can all find your brother stuff. all over TikTok. He is all, all over TikTok. Over TikTok. I, I love it. Every time I, I go on there, he's got a nice tip yeah, for someone. I can talk more about how he figured out how to do that system at some point, too. So I would love to. That's yeah. great. Um, <clears throat> and then, so you started out at ENV? Uh, Remax Results. Remax Results. For 10 months uh, with Jeff and Lindsay. Yep. They, uh, we were at the Dyna office, and within a month, we were at the Lauren Park office. Mm-hmm. And within 10 months, they had opened Engel Volker. So we kind of, I moved around a lot in my first year. Um, so 2015 is when we, uh, they started Engel and Volkers. Mm-hmm. It's about five of us. By the time I left in 2019, I think it was like 60 to 70 agents. Yep. Um, so it was kind of fun to watch that whole thing grow. Yeah. Um, and then when you got in the industry, I mean, did you have success immediately? Did it take a little bit of time? Like what, how, how did that go in your first couple of years? Yeah. And we can get more into this too in the podcast, but I'm very much like a action driven guy. Mm-hmm. So I showed up my first day. I said, okay, what do I do? And they said, load all your friends into your CRM and mm-hmm. start reaching out and see if they want to do coffee or lunch. And I was like, really, that's it. And they're like, yeah, that's really it. And then you can shadow Lindsay for a couple of days and do whatever. And so I did that and I literally reached out to I, I think I took my um, my wedding list, yep. and I just started reaching out. I'm like, you want to do coffee? You want to do coffee? They're like, if somebody doesn't want to do coffee with you, they're not really a friend anyways. That's um, true. And I've never really sold anybody anybody on anything. Like That's what I love about real estate is it's not like insurance sales where everybody's a potential customer. Right. If someone's not looking to transact and buy a house or sell a house, you can't really be like, you should sell your house. Right. You, right? Like, you can't really convince them to do it. No, whereas, like, you could be like, you'd need a whole life policy, you know, right. and then you can try and hard sell people. You could so, die. Yeah. <laughs> so I've never done <laughs> that, right? So I just reached out to people. Um, and like I said, I had played three years of baseball, so I was 26 years old when I got into real estate. Mm-hmm. Well, that happened to be a really good time for people to be buying their first house. Yeah. Um, that was probably the age of the first-time homebuyers back then. Now it's like in the low 30s, it's, I think. Yes, right? exactly. Um, and I just kind of ran into, I think I did 25, 26 transactions my first year, all yeah. just within my network. Yep. No leads, no nothing. Yep. Um, Same with me. Yeah. So, it, it yeah, it did. It it really kicked off quickly, and but that's what I tried to train just, on. just asking people to coffee? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's really not that difficult. This is like totally sidebar, but like, was there something that you can point to in those coffee meetings that was like the thing that that really helped you close that many deals what was cool to be honest um is i ended up being really thankful for my parents Mm -hmm. because i realized that i must have been a pretty good guy when i was younger because you don't remember right like you're in sixth grade you're like was i nice to people right you know and i know the people who weren't nice to me in Mm -hmm. sixth grade Mm -hmm. but everyone seemed to have like a pretty good view of who i was and that i was trustworthy and like you said that i was an intelligent guy that i knew what i was doing yeah and I spent so much time once I got into the industry trying to understand it, right, and figure right. out what my niche is. And I know we'll get to that. And 
I just got better and better and I got more knowledgeable. So at the beginning, it's like, I don't really know what I'm doing. People like me yeah, and they're friends with me and they're like, I don't know anybody else. So I'll probably just do it with you. And I was on a team at the time and yep. Jeff and Lindsay were obviously incredibly helpful. Right. They'd come to buyer meetings with me. They'd do all that stuff with me so that I didn't look like a total idiot. Like this is my <laughs> first time, yeah. you know? Yep. I had my dad come to my first listing appointment. There you go. Right. I mean, my dad's in the industry. But yeah, I was just like, ah, he's like, it's not my first time. I, I can don't know help what I'm you. Doing. Yeah, exactly. You don't even know what to say. So that was like super helpful and really kicked things off for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Jeff and Lindsay. Uh, those guys are awesome. They're great. Um, all right. So this is the point of the podcast where people need to sharpen their pencils and mm. take a few notes. So we're going to we're going to go deep on your your superpower niche, 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 whatever we want to say. Niche. <laughs> It's a shower niche, I think. <laughs> yeah. I say niche. I don't. I say both. Mm. It's like. Uh, Why are those the same word, by the way? Where you put your shampoo is the same thing as being. I don't know. Are they spelled the same? I, I think, think so. they are. I think so. Very interesting. English is a crazy language. Mm. If you actually uh, talk to other people outside of the our world, they're like, it's like the hardest. One make, of the hardest. It doesn't ones make to any learn. sense. Yeah. Um, but okay, so like I said, you feel that the one thing that has made you great is finding your niche. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about it. Like what, 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 uh, tips do you have for people when they're struggling and there's like, gosh, what, what do I, what can I do to, uh, to start selling more houses? And maybe this is that thing for them that it's just like, you know what, I'm going to stop being so broad. I'm going to stop trying to cast 15 different lines in the water, which I'm a big proponent of, but I know that there's different ways. Um, so let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I was an economics major mm-hmm. at the University of Minnesota, um, and I've always been very passionate about math, just numbers, how they work. Nerd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nerd alert. Um, but I have. I've been always very interested in yeah. numbers um, and like the psychology of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's not I don't think that economics just covers the broad stroke of what's going on in the real estate industry, but it does cover like the word utility is one that I use often with clients still and I used back then which is if these countertops bring you way less utility than the rest of the market mm-hmm. that's a strike against this house because you want to rip them out but five other people might walk in the door and really like them right so understanding how people spend money and how they think about money in retur- in regards to utility and what brings them utility was incredibly helpful early on and um I think being passionate about it was what was very important. So I think some people try to get into, like you said, 15 different things. Right. And they're maybe only really interested in two or three of them. Yeah. The other 12 or 13, you're probably not going to end up being very good at because you're just not that interested in it. You're just doing those things most times because you don't want to feel like you're going to miss an opportunity, right? But it's not your passion. Exactly. It's not not like what you get pumped about. Exactly. So it's like, it's like social media, right? Like Mm -hmm. I do it because I kind of have to, Mm -hmm. I don't love it. I really like to write. So mm-hmm. I try to write when I feel compelled to do so. Um, some people, like you talked about Luke, he's really good at it and he really likes it. So he's able to shoot some really awesome videos and do a really great job yeah. um, because he's interested in it. And if I was super interested in it, I would go all in on it. Yeah. I just happen to be interested in economics, right? The one other thing that I think is become my niche is I grew up knowing how to do nothing when it comes to houses. So mm-hmm. the funny story I have is that we bought our first house and there was this like laundry table in the basement made out of wood, it's painted green. And I was like, this thing just looks kind of stupid. I want to sand it down, make it wood, restain it, seal it. I'm like, this is a great first project for a guy who has no idea what he's doing. Right. So I get out the rotary sander and I start sanding this thing down and I start feeling kind of lightheaded. 
And then I was thinking back and I'm like, remember those classes in real estate when you learned when lead-based paint went out of uh, play? <laughs> yep. This house was built well before well, that, before so I was sanding this <laughs> this table down, and I'm inhaling, I'm like taking in all this lead, right? Yeah. And I'm like, what an idiot I am! <laughs> like, I started getting sick, yeah. so I'm sure I got some lead exposure from this. Yeah. Um, but then I, you know, I I learned from that thing, and then I moved on to the next thing. I tiled the whole laundry room. Then I was like, yeah, it'd be fun to do this basement. I don't know how I made that jump, but yeah, that's um, a big jump. That's what I did. I'm inhaling so, lead mm-hmm. to. I'm gonna just finish my basement. It's crazy. Well, so my wife was uh, six months pregnant at the time with mm-hmm. our first, and I'm like, this knotty pine's not gonna work for us. I want to reframe the whole thing. So I I still can remember it, remember in my brain. I'm like shoving boards of pine out the window. Yeah. And Emily's bending over with her belly and grabbing them and walking them to the front and putting them in the dumpster. Yeah. But we ripped it all ourselves. I general contracted the whole basement. I ended up doing the, the basement bathroom myself pretty much entirely. So um, all with permits, electrical, yeah. plumbing, HVAC, uh, did all the tiling, all the sheetrock, all the painting, everything. Um, and I learned that working with my hands and understanding like what you can do to make something become something else yeah. was just super cool to me, and I was super fascinated by it. Yeah, And it just happens to be a really good thing for you to know if you are a realtor or a team leader or you're trying to help people understand what costs what, what projects you could do, what you should hire out, all that sort of thing. Um, and I moved on from that to doing my own kitchen. So I ripped, we ripped a wall out. We opened the whole thing up. Then we sold the house like a month later, so it was really great. We got to really enjoy that kitchen. Yeah. Um, and now it's been crazy to see that. Cause like you said, we got into real estate investing. I manage all those projects, which I've probably done $1.2 million of projects in the past six years, yeah. doing a massive renovation addition on my house right now that I'm managing. So just, I'm interested in it. So I, I'm passionate about it. I'm very into it, but it's really translated into helping my clients, my agents and everybody understand those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's made me kind of the go-to for sure for my network, yeah. but also for people, agents, other people within our you know business partners, whoever that need help with that sort of thing. Yeah. I've become a guy that they go, hey, I need help with this thing. What do you think about this? Let me run this by you or whatever. So Right, and I, and I can speak to that. We did a training with you like a year ago. Oh, yeah. Where you walked us through one of your, was it one of your investments or was it just no, a listing? No, it's just a standard house, yeah. Yeah, it was just, some, yeah, just a listing, but you walked us through and like kind of told us about all just everything about the house and uh it was it was an incredible training that my team members still are like that training was so cool we still do them so if you'd like to come to another one we've been rotating who does them but but yeah that's like i tell people when i look at a house i just see it so much differently than what other people do i Um, use a tip from it uh, by the way now because i think it was in that bathroom you pointed out how you can tell if it's professionally done or not yes with the tiles yes if they're centered or not centered because most people think that you start your tile in the corner and you actually start it in the middle so i've used that seriously like 20 times yeah and people go oh wow how'd you know that and you're like oh well the right way to do it would have been like this and then they go immediately oh that guy knows what he's talking about. and it doesn't change the fact that they're gonna buy the house or not like that part's irrelevant it's just they trust you they they know that you know what you're doing exactly and it all came from you deciding to sand lead paint off of a bingo there you go right (laughs) exactly but yeah no that's that's amazing um i i think whether it's the analogy of using your hands understanding the house or or something else i think it's just before you give advice and before you can advise people 
you need to know what the hell you're talking about, right? Yeah, you can so only sometimes fake you got to do it. Yeah, you can only fake it till you make it for so long, right? Well, the people that like the realtors out there that don't own a house, for example, and it's like whatever if that's a personal decision, I get it. Like maybe it makes sense for them because for some certain circumstance, but if they're just like gonna live here for thirty years and not buy a house, like I just it seems odd to me that you're selling real estate. Yeah, going you know through the mean? process yeah. is like the most. I mean, I say that about vendors, right? Yeah. Like, I got interviewed. Um, I have a vendor that I'm that I work with closely with my clients, and they were trying to rebrand, kind of what they're doing. They've mm-hmm. got a lot of vertically integrated business trying to, and they say this marketing company helping them. And the thing I told them is, working with them personally mm-hmm. was the best way that I can tell you what I feel about them. Right. I refer them because one of the owners is my very good friend. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I mean, like it's, it's a company that you wouldn't hear feedback from. It's not a, it's a very simple company. So right. like having them then help me cause they've helped with my project that I'm doing now. Now I got to experience firsthand, you know, how their process is, how their communication is. Yeah. Um, which has just been so much better for me to be able to portray those sorts of things. So just having those experiences, yeah, right. um, whether that be, you know, doing your own project, owning your own home or whatever, going through the process of buying a home or going through the process of selling a home, you know how stressful it is and you can speak to it a little bit better. Yep. Um, is just super, super valuable. Yeah. Like, uh, like creating your own podcast studio. <laughs> Seriously. Right. <laughs> like, now when someone asks you, they're well, going to, yeah, yeah, now I know how to do it, but yeah, it's like, and, and you asked me before we sat down, like, Oh, do you have people help with editing and stuff? And it's like, eventually, but I got to do it myself yeah. so that I can, understand what they're going through yes you know what i mean i think you're like, like when are you going to come out with that podcast why isn't it not out right, yet and you're right. like oh, i gave I, it to you an hour ago yeah. how long is it going to take it's like um it's gonna take like two days yeah um but yeah so i think yeah whatever it is especially within this business if you're giving advice on it or or teaching other people how to do it you need to kind of experience it yourself first totally. i think totally. or or at some point so well that's that's good information. What other uh, tips or, or or strategies should people consider when trying to hone in on their niche? Yeah, I think, again, I think casting a lot of things at the beginning is important because you really don't know what you're interested in until you actually start doing things. It's true. I never picked up a hammer probably until I was 24 years old and I had a house. Yeah. Like couldn't hang up a picture. I was like, I don't know if I'm interested in this, but this seems like fun. I'm going to try it, you know? Yeah. Social media, I mentioned that before, that could be a, it's a super similar thing, right? Like you might think like, I don't like being in front of a camera and then you do it a couple of times and you get some feedback and then all of a sudden you start getting some clients or some stuff right. starts happening and maybe that's going to be your thing, you know? I'm sure you see that happen all the time with social media, like with your team members and stuff. All the time. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's one big thing I'd say to anybody listening, like try, so like just try it and like go all in for like a month or two and just like be consistent and it's amazing. Like it, people like it. You yes. know what I mean? Like, and, and I know people, you kind of feel uncomfortable or you don't look good that day or whatever. Nobody cares. No. They're, they're, we're going to see your face for like three seconds and we're moving on because mm-hmm. your attention span is mm-hmm. awful. Is nothing. Yeah. Exactly. So like anybody's even still listening to this podcast, like you have an attention span more than most people. Why are we clipping <laughs> this video 30 times? Right? right. So people can see short clips of what's going on. Right? right. So, and I think, I mean, never in my wildest dreams that I think I could probably build my own house now, right? Like that's crazy. But the other advice I'd give is it doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. I talked about it in my team meeting this week. Um, I'm listening to a book called The Wealthy Gardener right now. Mm. It's a fun book. Um, 
one of the big things that he talks about is that concept. And I've tried so hard to make people understand that and I, in so many different ways. The analogy he gives is you should break up your business or your career into five-year crusades. Okay. And I'm like, he's like, a crusade is like a mission that you're going to go on, right? And it's not going to happen in the first month. It's not going to happen in the first quarter, the first year. It's going to take five years before you actually see, like, I'm an expert. I'm really good at this thing or whatever. And his analogy was an oak tree grows two feet a year. So if you plant an oak tree and you water it and the sun hits it and you keep watering it, and then a year later it's going to be two feet taller. It's like (laughs) this much, right? You'll look at it and be like, yeah, it probably grew a little bit. But if you went in in five years, it'd be 10 feet taller, which Mm -hmm. is – you know, almost twice the height of us, right? Yeah. So you'd look at it, you'd be like, wow, that thing became something special. It takes time for these things to grow. Right. I didn't learn how to do a 1,700-square-foot addition on my house right after I sanded that lead paint and inhaled it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I did this project. I did a little bigger project. I did a little bigger project. I did new construction with clients, which, by the way, when I do that, I'm, like, there, and I'm a part of it, and I'm looking at how they're framing the house, you know, I've been thirsty for the knowledge of knowing how to be better and be more knowledgeable on all these things for 10 years Mm -hmm. to get to the point where I am now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. A lot of people think this business is instant gratification and and, and a part of it could be, right? You could Mm -hmm. sit down first day, get an internet lead that calls you and they want to see a house and and you sell it. But that doesn't. But mean now what? Yeah, but that doesn't mean you know how to do real estate. Right. That doesn't mean that you you can um, create your own business and so like that's different. That's just like fruits of being on in a good environment, right? But yes. That's not that's not being a real estate agent. Being a real estate agent is showing up every day and putting in the work to do a hundred point day, right? Mm-hmm. To to get your task done, versus um, selling houses. It's like it's. I always tell my team, it's like, what's your what's what's a realtor's job? And they're like, you know, I said it too. I, I was wrong. I was like, oh, help people buy and sell houses, you know? And I'm like, nope, your job is to find the next lead. Yeah. Because if you don't do your job, you're going to be out of business, right? Mm-hmm. So how are you going to do that? And for you, it was diving deep on understanding homes mm-hmm. and, and the money side of it, which is mainly why people need us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so sometimes people get really deep into certain things that maybe aren't serving their best purposes, you know, or, or they're, uh, they're going to grow their business. Like social media can kind of get in this black hole sometimes where it's like, yeah, but my reel got like 5,000 views. I'm like, well, how many houses have you sold? Yeah. You know, like you that- need people to be reaching out to you. I, it's yeah. a funny story. Cause I, when I first, uh, the first agent I ever hired, it did not go well. It, it kind of fell flat in its face within mm-hmm. like three months. And she, because I was, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have anybody, you know, really explaining to me how to start a team, how to run a team, how to train an agent, whatever. Right. Join the club. Yeah. So I was like, ah. Uh, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna learn how to write a purchase agreement, and we're gonna train on that. And then you're gonna know how to use a CRM. And by the three months were over, she could have read you the whole purchase agreement. But she had zero clients because I didn't teach her the part that you're talking about, yeah. which is you got to go meet with people and yep. like get leads. You need yeah. to actually have clients in order to sell houses. Yeah. Um, you could be the very best at all the things, but until you have a consumer walk in the door and need your assistance, you're you're making zero dollars and you're going to be out of the industry and going to back whatever you else were doing before. Right. So like we're talking about diving deep into your niche, right? But like how do you balance that of like 
like diving deep, but not getting lost in it and, and maybe not going so deep into things that aren't going to actually help you. You know what I mean? Like what if somebody was like, well, my niche is going to be, I'm going to understand every single line in the purchase agreement better than anyone else. I'll be able to recite it without even looking at it. You know, like I think there's a value there, but is it something that you know, like, how do you balance that? Yeah. And I think I just happen to have a brain that is always going on to the next thing, mm-hmm. which I know not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. But I also write down literally everything I'm doing. Everything's on my calendar. Everything's in my tasks. So I don't really have to think about what I'm doing next now. While while at the beginning, when I was just getting into it, I had to think about things to do, right? Like I mentioned to you, what do you do when you have nothing to do, right? Like that's something really, really important, I think, for new agents. Yeah. Um, and you have to be creative with how you're spending your time in order to get those, those new leads, right? Right. My brother's a great example because I trained him on this because I did this. when I, My first ever listing, I was on Craigslist, and I was typing emails to people saying, if I found you a buyer, would you pay a commission, right? Yeah. I had no idea what was going to happen. Like I'm just like, well, I got an hour right now. There's 25 listings I see here in Minneapolis. Yeah. I happen to be sitting in Minneapolis. Yeah. Well, would you pay a buyer's commission? <laughs> One of them responds, well, yes, but not more than 5%. And I responded... <laughs> I'll do the whole kit and caboodle for six if you want. Yeah. Her husband responds, bring the contract to this address. And no we way. Will, literally. That's amazing. Absolutely insane. So like, that's my first my first two listings. That's one of them. The other one that sold right after that um, was a guy that I met through Chanhassen Coaching Baseball. And this is just like my craziest real estate story. He, I was, what would have been December. I got in real estate in October. And we had become really close friends. He was like, the, he passed away last year. He's one of the coolest mm-hmm. guys in the world. Um, and we literally only knew each other for maybe three months, but we got really close. We'd meet every week. Uh, he had a ton of money and, and everybody's like, you got to meet him. He'll probably be a good donor for the program, whatever. Well, by the end of like the two months, I was like, I don't have a pitching coach, John. Do you want to be the pitching coach for Chan Hassan? He's like, oh my gosh, that'd be the greatest thing. He like worked <laughs> for a couple hours a day. He was kind of a stock guy. Yeah. And he calls me one December. He's like, we got to sit down. We have to talk. This is right around when I'm getting this $100,000 condo listing in Minneapolis, the right? one from Craigslist. Yes, exactly. And he's like, all right, here's the deal. I was feeling really sick. Uh, well, my mom was, his mom had just passed away. I was feeling really sick. My mom was passing away. Um, I have stage four lung cancer. Mm. And I was like, oh, dude, that's terrible. And he goes, he had told me about this other, his house he owned that his mom was living, had lived in that he bought mm-hmm. for you know that house that my mom lived in that I have for sale with my cousin? I'd like to cancel it and list it with you. Oh, my gosh. And you know what I said? I, I've never listed a house before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do I've that. I've never done that. Um, but he said, God puts people in my, re- in my life for a reason. And I really want you to do it. And we sold it in like 45 days. It was really freaking wow. crazy. $1.6 million. Wow. Um, I think it was still my most expensive listing of all time. Yeah. Um, but that happened just because of motion, right? Right. Like I didn't meet with him for him to give me that listing, no. right? But he got to know me and he we started becoming close. And then all of a sudden it's like he has a real estate need and then he reaches out to me, yeah. right? And in all these situations, that's kind of how things have unfolded. And it's what to do when you have nothing to do. Luke did the same thing. He went on Craigslist. He went on expireds and canceled. His first three listings were expired or canceled listings mm. within two months of being in real estate. Wow. Right. And people aren't willing to do it anymore. No, I know. It's yeah. hard work. It, it sucks. The it clients does. are terrible most the of the time, right? Mean. They're very hard. Yep. But he got them. He sold them. He sold 20 houses his first year as a 22-year-old. Yeah. It's incredible. So, 
Did you actually respond back to them saying, I can do the whole kit and caboodle? I think I might have. <laughs> That's what got it done. The guy was the best, too. He was like a caricature. He had uh, he showed up with like full suit. He was an attorney. Yeah. And he had like this awesome scarf on and like a fedora. Yes. And he the and fedora. it was his brother's. His brother had died, and it was his condo, and he was helping to sell it. It was it was phenomenal. And we sold that, too. You know, you should have responded with, I can cover all the bases. Cover all <laughs> the bases and lead you home. God, our slogans are so good. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of good to take away from from all that. Um, I think that I, I really like the whole the niche thing for sure. Like, figure out what you're passionate about and just just go for it. But don't spend all of your time doing it. Right. That's what I was gonna say. Like you said, I can learn the PA of backwards and forwards, whatever. It's like, okay, well, why don't you spend one hour per day on that? Right. It will take you, let's say it takes you 30 hours mm-hmm. to really be good at it. That's 30 working days. Well, because it's a, like you said, it's a five-year, what did, what was the word you used? Five-year crusade. Crusade. It's a five-year crusade. It doesn't have to all be done today. Exactly. But make it part of your plan. And um, I guess, I don't know what you would say about this. My advice is, let's say it's a, you know, I think understanding <clears throat> how a house is built and all that stuff, like that's more like a lifelong learning process, mm-hmm. right? But let's say it's something like... Uh, I'm going to go deep on expireds or for sale by owners, right? In my opinion, if you do it every day, let's say for like an hour, for like three months, and it's not working, I think you've tried long enough, in my opinion. Yes. Right? Like, don't lose yourself in it. Like, don't don't uh, go down with the ship. If it's not working, pivot. Um, but then I think it's pivoting to what you've said a few times, where having that list of what to do when you have nothing to do is literally like... It's, it's genius, and, and I've done that in my career, too. I, I haven't ever phrased it that way. But it's like having those plan A, B, C, D, all the way to Z when you're, like, sitting in the office or sitting at your house and you're supposed to be working, and you're just like, ah, I don't really have any clients right mm-hmm. now. I did my my uh, FISBO expired calls for the day, and I'm going to go binge watch. Netflix. Right. Yeah. It's like, nope, you have another four hours, bucko. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, I right. mean, it's that, that Brent Gove line. I don't know if you ever heard it before, but I wrote it on our whiteboard. It sits up there forever now at our office, and he says, it's not magic, it's motion. I love that. It's not magic, it's motion, right? Like, that is, if you could boil down real estate, that's literally what it is. So mm-hmm. it's like, you don't stop when you've got four hours left in your day. You're going to figure out something to do mm-hmm. because it's not magic. It's just motion. If you just keep moving, you're going to find what you need to be doing. But you own your own business, so you've got to drive yourself and figure out what you're going to be doing. Right. Love it. Well, let's uh, let's pivot to a few other questions that I have for you because um, I think these are also really relevant. And I th- I just like to unpack the, the minds of top producers a little bit um, so that if anything, I can learn a few things. You know? Sure. For everybody else listening or watching, if you learn something, great. But this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wrote down, what is a hack, routine, or habit in your personal life that you value most that has significantly improved your life? This could be relationship-based. This could be with your kids. This could be whatever. Um, I would say career-wise mm-hmm. and relationship-wise, waking up before everybody else wakes up has been a huge deal for me. Um, like everybody um, in your in your household, like you're the first one up, and the world and most the world. of the time. What yeah. time do you get up? About five, five okay. fifteen. Um, I can accomplish in those first thirty minutes what most people accomplished in a scattered world in four hours. I know. So I can get through half my tasks um, 
get my emails completely organized, have my day and my schedule all planned out for me before, you know, I go usually go to the gym like three times a week. So before I go to the gym or before my kids get up at, you know, 645, mm -hmm. I've already gotten so much done at the beginning of the day. Mm -hmm. um, I found that my headspace as I've gotten older, I don't know if you've learned this too, but by two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I try not even to have meetings anymore, to be honest, because I'm just not as good or as sharp as I probably was 10 years ago. Right. Um, I like to say I'm old. People who are older than me, like, give me crap for that. Oh. But how that's how I feel. How old are you now? 34. Yeah. So I'm 37. Ooh. So I'm going to give you crap. Listen here, Sonny Jim. <laughs> but seriously, like, I do, I can sense that I just don't have as much energy or as I can't commit as much time in a day as I used to be able it's to. That's what my, my dad always would say that to me, too. He would It would be like... I don't know. I'd be talking about how I was going to take over the world or, you know, some stupid whatever, you know, I can do all this. And, and he's just like, there's going to come a point in your life and career, you're not going to want to work as hard mm -hmm. or you can't work as hard. And I think he was alluding to like what you're getting to. It's like, it's not that you're not as good, but you're, you're just like, I don't know, you're on, to, you're on to something else in your mind, whether you're trying to control it or not. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you just want to like be with the family or you want to, I don't know. Slow down, do something yeah. different. And that's, again, another one in my book that, um, that he says, and it's a quote that you've probably heard before, but if you have to eat a frog, you should eat it right away. I first told thing my in the wife morning. that literally this morning. There we go. Um, I always say it because she doesn't, she doesn't understand the analogy. So I'm like, do the hardest thing first. Yep. Right. And so today she's like, I have so many things to do. And like, and then she starts like cleaning the house. I'm like, stop cleaning. That's very easy. You can I'll do that. Do that. Yeah. Like I can do that. <laughs> I'm around. Yeah. Do the thing that I can't do. Mm -hmm. That has to be done between the business hours when I'm at work. I can't help you with that. Like if it's bank stuff or whatever. Yes. You got to do it. Yep. Um, so yeah, that right there is incredible advice. Like eat the frog. Eat the frog Just first do thing it. in the morning. And, and whenever you're needing to do stuff where your headspace is really required, the first thing in the morning, at least for me, is the easiest time to do it. So when you get out of bed, are you like immediately energetic or what is your like, do you have to get a cup of coffee? Like what do you do to kind of like get to the point where you're now in front of your computer and you can like... It takes Start me a going. few minutes. Yeah, I usually get the coffee going. and Like, alarm goes off, you just sit up and you're out of bed? Yeah. Okay, so you're yeah. like a psycho. I'm a psycho, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, that's my, my second my second phone doesn't have anything fun on it, that's and true. that's the phone next to my bed. So I couldn't, like, wake up and go on Facebook. It's not so there. So you don't have social media on your second phone? No. I love that. Yeah. freaking love that. Yeah. Maybe the second phone is in my <laughs> I actually currently own two phones. You just were switching to T-Mobile. So I, need, I, I need to do that. Yeah. I have two phones right now, and I'm like, even my wife was like, maybe we just have both of them? Roll with the two phones. We'll see. We'll see. I'll just test the... I'll keep one with Verizon and one with T-Mobile and just see which one has the best service for yeah. like the next year. Oh. Um, so, okay, getting up before everybody else and just, just tackling everything before people can even like reply back to They you. can't reply back. That's the most important thing, I think, and I think most people don't realize how distracting it is that people can always get a hold of you. Mm -hmm. So if you're up before everybody else and they can't get a hold of you, you're just getting a hold of them yep. and they've got to react to what you said, right? Yep. So that's that's why I do it. I love it. I one day will be a morning person. Mm. I'm more of a I, I do a lot of that stuff after hours. It, see, so you, you can do it mean? at night too. I and that's it. that's yeah. the thing. And people it's the same concept. If you were to text me at ten o'clock at night, I mean honestly if you text me at eight o'clock at night, I probably won't even see it. No. But you can get all that stuff done, and then, yeah. when, then when I wake up at 5, I can get back to you. Right. So, like, that's what I always say. People always talk, like, morning routines. I'm always, like, it doesn't matter if it's morning or evening, in my opinion. It's just you need that time 
where no one is replying to you. Yes. You, like that is important. Mm -hmm. The reason I think morning is ultimately best is obviously you can uh, uh, loop in a, a workout with that. You can, you can kind of set your day up and help out your family mm -hmm. and like get things prepared for your wife and kids and stuff like that. So like morning's best, but I'm just saying like, if you're not a morning person, don't let that hold you back. You can do it in the nine o'clock at night. Yeah. yeah. Nine, totally. 10, 11, ain't yeah. nobody replying to you. Totally. And if they do, then they're probably the people you want to hang out with anyways. Like, exactly. Good, you You're know? kind of people. Um, okay. Another one I wrote down, and maybe maybe we already covered this, but best advice you've ever been given. I was going to touch on it, but I wanted to wait till you asked the question. Okay. So in college, uh, the head coach uh, at the U, baseball, was John Anderson. We call him 14. It's his number. Um, and he literally probably said this a thousand times while I was there, uh, is trust the process. He would say, trust the process over and over and over and over. You'd hit a line drive and get out. He'd be like, it's okay. Trust the process. And you're like, I want to strangle you right now, but <laughs> I understand. Right. But so much of our lives, almost all of our lives, to be honest, are outside of our control. Mm -hmm. Right. What happens to you? You could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Uh, your kid could get cancer. Like so many things you just, you want to have control over it. Mm -hmm. And as human beings, we're designed to try to control what's going on. And we just really can't. Especially as men. Yes, 100%. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what we can control is what we do with our time on a daily basis. And you kind of alluded to it, right? Mm -hmm. Which is if you have a process by which you do your day, a 100-point day, it's, I've done that with my team before too, yep. you might not sell a single thing in that day, right? You, you probably, probably won't. won't. No, because you're not selling 365 homes a, a year. No. Right? Odds are you're selling, I mean, what would it be if you're selling like, 20 houses, 30 houses, you're selling one house every every other week, two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So I did a similar thing. And I, the things he taught me in college, I said this yesterday at our team meeting, because I have two gopher baseball players on my team, my brother and another guy we just brought on. Um, that advice and the way that he taught me about life just is monumentally changed how I think about real estate as a business. Mm -hmm. So back when I was trying to sell 50 homes a year, so like my third year, I sold 50 homes a year for the first time. And I made a weekly checklist of the things I needed to do in a week to sell 50 homes a year. And the only results-oriented part of it was sell a house, and I would write their name, and meet a new buyer or seller, and I'd write their name. And the rest of it was all process-driven. So yeah. uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, what am I going to read that's going to make me more knowledgeable at something? Mm -hmm. What's a long-term project I'm working on? Who are three people in my network that I need to meet with? Mm -hmm. Did I follow up with all my current clients? Like these kinds of things. And I would, if whenever I felt like I was kind of off the rails, because most of the time I just did it, yeah. right? But sometimes I'd be like, I've been a little slower lately. I haven't sold anything in three, four weeks, whatever, right? Yeah. I'd print it out and I'd put it down and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to do all the stuff this week. And it just gets me back on track to, okay, this is what my day should look like. Yeah. Um, but it's all process driven yeah. because we just don't have control. But you can control what you do with your time. Absolutely. That is, I think that's even better advice than the initial stuff we were talking about. I mean, just literally put a task list together and just freaking do it just do it just do it and and uh, i actually shared a video with my team this morning um and it was essentially the same thing it was it was basically talking about like um you're gonna when you get in the industry like you are signing up to fail mm -hmm. right like real estate is just literally failing 90 percent of the time you know what i mean like you're not selling a house every day like we said you're, yep so you're not achieving your goal, right? And it's like, but if you if you look at it the other way of like just focus on the tasks, 
Focus on the things that you know are going to lead to a sale. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about the money or the the, the units or the glory or whatever, the ego shit. Like, just freaking print out a 10-point list and just do it every day. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that list will probably take you five, six hours. If you you know you did a full day pretty much, is. right? And then hopefully that's leading to appointments, which will fill up the next couple hours, and that's real estate, you know. But yeah. I don't know why people don't understand. See, but that. lucky for me, in 2013, I was in Double A in New Britain, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Played in front of five to ten thousand fans a night. Mm-hmm. 120 at bats, 18 hits. <laughs> I think one double. Hell yes. Yes, 150. So you've been failing for a long time. A long time, <laughs> right? Like I had that experience. I mean, it's funny, but like I. I, that experience of doing that, I was failing. Like, think about if your best friend told you they weren't going to work with you, but there was 10,000 people watching. How would that feel? Yeah. Right? right. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> I did that. Over three with two strikeouts, and people are yelling at me. Yeah. I mean, you're a bum. How many times have right. you called a bum? All the time. All the time. I got called the bat boy all the time because I'm short. I mean, like, think about it. Like, and I was like, I got hard skin from that, and I realized, okay, well, if I'm going to make this work, I'm going to have to do something different in my daily process yeah. to do better. Right. Yep. And that's so, so easily translated into real estate. It's easy to get romantic about baseball. Yeah. Especially it's when it comes to like numbers sport. and like and failing and stuff like honestly, like what the who uh, what was the average for the the leader last year for uh, batting average? 350? The, 350. The, the league average this year was like 248 or something. Like that. Right. So one out of four the top was three point five times out of ten out of ten mm-hmm. or whatever uh they got a hall of hall of famer hall of famer right? yeah that, that's the thing the hall of famer is yeah you you actually succeed three out of ten times yep it's like that's that's basically real estate yep. you know what i mean it's but it's, it's and it's the the guy that gets there you can go go watch him before the game starts yeah that's when you see how that guy is a hundred points higher than the average you're right yeah. right that's the difference come to my house at 5 a.m and you'll see how i sell more houses than a lot of people because I'm preparing my day in the right way. Well, and also go watch them five years ago in the minors. Mm-hmm. They weren't hitting 350. No. Right? Right. It's a, it's a freaking process. It's a big process. It takes a yes. while. Um, what's the one thing people thinking about getting in the industry need to know that maybe we didn't cover? Oof. This is, um, this is a good one. So I think so many people, again, you talked about romantic. People get very romantic about real estate. Mm -hmm. It's a really sexy topic. People watch TV shows where people are doing remodeling or they're, you know, million-dollar listing, like all these kinds of shows, right? And people think that's how it looks. Or they go on social media and they see me and you going, oh, we sold another five houses, you know, because we're not necessarily on there. They see the highlight reel. Yeah, we're not on there going, my buyer just backed out of inspection because they're being a doof, right? (laughs) You don't post about I just that. wasted five days with <laughs> pursuing this person, and then they literally listed with somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't see that stuff, right? We should right? start posting that. We should. All the Like, just do the anti. Crap, the worst. Yeah. Um, but I think so many people get into it thinking that's how it is. Uh, and I think the advice I would give them is, and I tell this to new agents, if you want to be uber successful in real estate, 50 to 60 hours a week for five years. Mm-hmm. If you can give me 50 to 60 hours a week for five years, I can make you make a quarter of a million dollars a year. You I just almost can, your life. I can guarantee it. Yeah. But most people aren't willing to do that no. or willing to listen to that. No. Right? They will they will shudder away at the first sign of fear. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe, you know, they're low on cash and they're not sure where their next deal's coming from. Whatever that is. And some people have more luxuries in financial situations than others. Yeah. Um 
Like my wife was a nurse when I started in real estate, so I didn't have to worry about making Mine money. Mine too. There we go, right? There we go. So I had the luxury of having that like little leeway of getting going. They can pay for our life, worst case scenario. Exactly. And some people some people bill. don't have that, right? And right. it's scary to own a business where you eat what you kill. Right. Exactly, right? So yep. um, I just think so many people get into it thinking this is going to be easier. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to do it part-time or yeah. whatever that is. 50 to 60 hours a week for five years, and you will be extremely successful. But my team has internet leads, AJ. <laughs> I don't need to. I don't need to hunt. Yeah, go sell they, 25 they, of those and they sell just 20. Limp, they, the, the dead, like, ill animal just limps up to my door and falls. Yeah. Isn't it that easy? <laughs> like, I just get a team that has all these leads, and then it's, I'm, I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah, you're right? gonna be you're gonna get exhausted on the internet leads. I can promise you that. That, and you're not gonna know how to actually run a business because that's not reality. No, you're just a there chicken. Are some chicken teams. with your head cut off. Yeah, there are some teams that provide leads, but then when you have to go find your own, like I talk to people all the time on big teams, and they'll think about you know they're they're unhappy, the culture isn't good, whatever, and I'm like, okay, cool, like yeah, we could probably make this work. Like, what's your business ratio? Like, how much is personal? How much is uh, team? And these are people selling like 60 houses a year, like big fish. And they'll be like, they're all team. All team. I'm like, all of them? <laughs> like, you didn't get a referral? Like, no, we don't really do that. We just like get the lead and then we close it and we move on. And I'm like, you can't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Stay there. Learn how to talk to your yeah. past clients. Yeah, and my then we goodness. Can, then we can talk. I'm like, if you leave, <laughs> I can't get you 60 leads or 60 closings from team deals. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, but like, I'm just, it's shocking to me. How people just don't understand what this business is actually about. But I think, and I talk to this all the time, in an in, in a world where I can snap my finger. In a world. In a world. <laughs> where I can snap my finger and a t-shirt arrives at my door in four hours. Right. That's how people think about the world. Is your t-shirt going to say freak in the spreadsheet? Yes, it will. Yes. But I get that in four hours right oh, now. Absolutely. And by the time I get home. But it's crazy, right? Like that's how the world works. So a lot of people think that's how business is. Like the lead comes in and I just go close it and then I right. go on to the next one, right? Right. It's like, well, you don't see how the top producers get to the point where I got a lead yesterday. Get this. I have a listing presentation tomorrow. Mm -hmm. She emailed me, said, my father is very old and needs to sell his house. I have no idea who this person is. Yeah. I thought it was a scam. So I looked it up. I'm like, it's not a scam. This is a real person. This guy really owns this house. I said, how did, just, I'm just curious. How did you get my information? I went on realestate.news.com and found your name. And I was like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. never even heard of that website. Either have I. And I'm like, I'm not even on. I, I didn't pay for anything to be. It's just right. some website that pulls in information from other websites. Yeah. But this stuff doesn't happen if you're not focused on creating a business where your name's just out there. Right. Right. People yeah. are just reaching out yep. because they need help and they found top agent in some random place because you've right. sold a lot of houses. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we could go through our, our Rolodex or, or past transactions of people and be like, OK, we closed it at this time. But like when when did that relationship start? How do you meet them? Whatever. And like for me, almost all of them would be like, oh, it's like three years in the making, two years in the making. Like, oh, that was a referral from somebody I met eight years ago. Yeah, or that was a referral from a referral from a referral from a right. referral of past client. I'm like, I don't even know how I got to this point. Right. I think that was like my really good buddy Jimmy, and then Jimmy referred me to Tommy, and Tommy referred me to Sarah, and <laughs> yeah. Sarah referred me to Charlie. I don't, I don't know how we got here, but right. I think that's what happened. You know, I know. You just lose track of it. I know. But if you're focused on the process and 
getting your niche yep. and being knowledgeable, people can tell, right? Yeah. And they do a real estate transaction with you and they're like, this guy knew exactly what the market was like. He knew exactly what to talk about in the house. Yeah. You need to call this guy. Right. And then the next person, same thing happens. Same thing. And then the next person. And it's, it's just such an easier way to do business. Yeah. Because internet leads are great for the short term. Mm -hmm. We have lots of them, mm -hmm. but they're finicky. They've never met you. They're not going to trust you. Right. Right. You got to work a lot harder, in my opinion. For a those. lot harder. You got and you have to like know, you have to know the, the right things to say to these people. So you, you almost like you can be yourself, but you have to also like, you, you got to play that part that they need. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Where yes. you, with your sphere or people that know you in your life, you can just be yourself. Yes. Right. Exactly. Uh, last question before the lightning round. Mm. Um, I wrote down, what does the future hold for you, your five-year crusade? Oh, I love that because I, I, when I gave that thought to my team, I yeah. had something in my head. Um, my goal, honestly, is to sell less homes each year over the next five years. Notably, I've been focused on the percentage of transactions I do versus the team. Mm -hmm. So that number has gone down quite a bit over mm -hmm. the last three or four years. Who would have thought? You know, like ten years ago, little AJ getting in the industry. I need to figure out a way to get out of the business. I need to get like <laughs> out to so stop selling houses. <laughs> I mean, seriously though, it's kind of like funny. that's never in anybody's when they first start. What's your five year plan? I'm gonna sell a shit ton of houses. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like well, in like ten years, I'm probably gonna like want to stop. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and like so, like I've I've I mean, the bummer is I've gotten really really good at showing houses. I know. But I have three little kids, and I so know. I'm like. I can't just be buyer's agent forever, you know? know? So one year in 2020, I sold 45 buyers, which to me was absolutely bananas, um, running all over the place all the time. And I realized I, I just can't sustainably do that forever. I mentioned I don't have the energy for it necessarily. Um, so I've been working with less clients and more pointed about, you know, yep. closer to my area, close friends, all that kind of stuff. Not that, you know, I'm shying away from people, but I also have some fantastic real estate agents on my team that I can connect with people in my network to work with. And I would say, and I say this to my, my clients sometimes, you know, I'm like, Hey, this, this team member is actually better for you right now. They have more time than me yeah. for these reasons. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I got a family. Like if you, if you want me to show you a house, I will, but it might be in a week. Right. It's not going to be at seven 30. And, and I'm not saying it as like, I'm have, I'm so important. It's like, no, I just, I don't, I don't wake up every day anymore to work and sell houses like it's it, there's more to it mm -hmm. you know what i mean there it's and so that's where you do have to have a good team behind you i think um if you ever want to get to that point where mm -hmm. you can just be like hey i'm honestly like this person over here is better than me right now mm -hmm. like seriously like they can they're they got it under control if you want to go see these three houses today they got you they're great if you need me i understand that but it's going to be in like four days right these houses might be sold right no, it's it's the yeah. truth, and I've said that I'm slowly transitioning from the consumer being my client to the agent being my client. Yeah. So I'm able to spend so much more time pouring into the agents and teaching them how to really build a really good, you know, real estate business. Yeah. Um, and I've built this awesome staff with all these systems around me that allows for that to happen. Yeah. So yeah, over time, I'm in the next five years, I'm transitioning into more leaders on my team mm -hmm. being brought up and uh, contributing and not just my voice being the only voice I found culturally that's like been massive for us. Mm -hmm. um, and my percentage of the team sales just continue to go down. Yeah. Well, and, and that means just more time with the family, mm -hmm. you know, and that's time you're not going to get back. I mean, my kids are eight and 10. 
Mm-hmm. I think about that. I'm like, that's nuts, dude. Halfway there. That's nuts. Yeah. And I don't know. Do you ever? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but there's like a, I don't know, there's like a dad's thing online that you can subscribe to. It's like this group. I don't know. There's a bunch of people in it. But is it fatherly? I don't know. That's a good one. I don't know. But okay. but there's there was something on there, and it was like this chart, and it was like here's how many um, days you have left with your kids, right? And it was like, you know, when they're a baby, there's a ton. But then it's like by 10, it's like, I don't know what it was. Let's just call it 2,000 days left or something. It's about right. I I don't know, something like that. And you're just like, what? You're like, dang. But like, honestly, and then then you look at like what 16, 15 is, and you're just like, dude, that's like not enough. Yeah. And so, I don't know. That's where it's just... You, I think it's a great industry to get into in your like 20s so you can build something great mm-hmm. to then when you're at that point where you need to spend time with the kids because they, they're they in those formative years, mm-hmm. you have the ability to. Mm-hmm. If you're just out there working your ass off and not trying to build something so that you can kind of maybe exit and you have a family, like reach out because like totally <laughs> there's a different way to do this business and and it doesn't have to be where you're sacrificing your family life or your your relationship with your spouse yeah every day mm-hmm. like there's money's and like i said if you everything. if you front load your time to the beginning of your career right you can really get a good base where it's not as hard for you going forward right all right well Let's get into the overrated, underrated questions, mm. and then we'll wrap it up. So for those of you still uh, listening or watching, thank you. I uh, hope you got something out of that. But uh, now we have some uh, questions. Uh, some of them are related to real estate, and some of them are related to life. Great. But So I'm going to give you a word or a phrase, and then you're just going to hit me with the overrated, underrated, and, and you could talk about why. Okay. So let's go with the first one. Near and dear to your heart, Minnesota Twins. Underrated, probably, underrated. because we all think they're always going to lose. I know, right? Yeah. We're, know. we're just expecting it. I Honestly, I feel good about the, the core. Like yeah, the core I, yeah I mean, they got a lot of guys coming back. I think it's going to be a good year next year. The pitching staff seem mm-hmm. to – I mean, I love our closer. I don't know I don't know enough about, like, the stats. Is he, like, one of the best in the league? He threw the three hardest pitches in baseball right. this year. Right, like 102, 103? 105. 105 he hit? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Every time he comes out, I'm just like – I don't know how good this guy is, but he looks really good. Yeah, his the the best pitch is that splinker. Yeah, the splinker. What's he a splinker? He calls it a split sinker. A sp- I think he holds it like this. Yeah. Which is like a spot grip. Yeah. It's called a Vulcan Star split. Trek. And he throws it 99 miles an hour, and it dives at the last second. It just, like, at the last second hits and the And, and by, for those listening, 99 miles an hour, just so you understand, it happens really <laughs> fast. And 100 miles an hour is really loud the ball right it's like yeah and And it's coming at i was actually going to ask you so someone who played you know major and minor league baseball like what is the is the hardest part about baseball just hitting like well like a okay let's ask it this way what's the hardest pitch to hit oof I would say a really, really hard slider, probably. And a slider goes from, is it outside to inside? Usually it would go inside to outside to me with a a righty. A lefty would come in, but more often than not, the righty, righty. So when a slider starts, does it look like it's going to hit you? Sometimes. My neighbor was talking about this today. He said, how do you know when they're throwing different pitches? And I said, well, it depends on the pitch. A slider, typically, you'll see, this is crazy to try to think about, but like when the guy's throwing 85 miles an hour. So think about driving 85 miles an hour, how fast that is. (laughs) 
when you can see a little small red dot on the ball, mm -hmm. that would indicate that it's a slider just because of how that ball gets held and how yep. it spins. Yeah. Whereas a fastball with typically a four seam will be white. Yep. And a two seam will have two red li dot, like lines in the middle. And what's the difference between a two seam and a four seam? It's just how they hold the ball. So you hold across the horseshoe for a four seam and on the horseshoe for a two seam. Okay. So the ball rotates four times on a four seam and it just has two revolutions. So like, a four seam faster just from the rotation? A uh, two seam typically has a little more movement to it. Yep. Um, depending on how you hold it. But that's that's how you know what the pitch is, which is crazy. And that's why I said nowadays a lot of guys are throwing really hard fastballs high in the zone. Um, this is like a new thing that's evolved. Mm -hmm. And then they're throwing really hard curveballs that have a lot of 12 to 6 action. So they call it a 12 6 curveball. So yep. start at the top, come down. The problem with that is if you don't see that the pitcher is holding the ball on the side of his, holding on the side of the ball yeah. when he releases it, you will literally think it's a fastball because the spin rotates on a four seam rotation the other direction. Oh, okay. So a four seam rotation is running like this. Yeah. And a curveball would be coming the other, the exact opposite direction to yeah. go down. Yeah. So you'll just like swing like it's a fastball because they're throwing everything at the top of the zone. Yeah. So the ball kind of pops out of their hand the same way. And then it just has completely different action on it. Yeah. So it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. It, it, I, whenever people get mad at hitters for not hitting the ball, I'm always like, oh man, if Don't you just know. knew when you were up there. Well, like, I, that's, I stopped playing baseball like in, I think, ninth or 10th grade because, yeah, dude threw a curveball. Like, it was looking like it was at my face. Yeah. And it went like, over the middle. And I was like, I'm done. Okay. Because like, I was so nervous about getting hit. Yeah. You know, I was just, and you got hit, right? I got hit in the face you my hit. second game of Pro Bowl. And it was a. Uh, it was bad. Baseball? Oh, yeah. It was, he was set up outside. I was ready for the one that was outside. And it was. So the catcher, by... you could see the catcher was set up outside. Oh, yeah. I could sense it. Yeah. And he was, and he was trying. I watched the video. He was trying to throw it there and it came up, you know, three, three feet from where Jeez. it was supposed to go. And it hit you where? In the nose. In the nose. Yeah. Yeah. This is my. That's why I said the face for radio. Third surgery, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that I remember you telling me that story. It's just nuts, brutal. Um, but okay, so twins are underrated. I'd say big so. things planned for the twins in the future. It sounds yes. like. Yep. Uh, all right, Minnesota sports in general. I, I mean, in Minnesota, we're underrated. Yeah, everybody thinks we're going to lose. I know it's the worst. Everybody. Yeah. Kirk Cousins throws one bad pass. Worst worst quarterback I've ever seen. I'm just like, shut up. Go watch a different team. Shut up. Go you watch twenty of the teams. Right. Their Kirk quarterbacks Cousins are horrible. Is so good. He's so good. I like and people just, just pile on him all the time. And I'm just like, you guys don't like and I'm not gonna act like I played professional football, but that was my sport. You played college football? I was on the team. Yeah. I didn't yeah. yeah I was the on the team. But I like when I watch football, it's probably kinda like you watching baseball. Obviously you're at a little bit higher level, but like I s I'll see stuff. And like people will just just go nuts about like someone just sucking or I'm just like, no. That's yeah, not, he'll like, look like, off a safety and make a perfect yeah. pass, and you're like, oh my. Yeah, or, gosh. or or you can tell like the problem isn't Kirk that play. It was it was a lineman or it was just something mm -hmm. right that or it was a really good defensive play, and it's just like, yeah, there there's uh, all star athletes on the other side too. Did you watch quarterback? Yes. The only thing that made me so sad, Josh said it yesterday, my brother. He's like. Kirk Cousins is the most Minnesotan Minnesota athlete of all he time. Is. He's so nice and so awesome. Emily was watching me and she goes, his wife's name would be Julie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I was like, he's so nice. And she's so nice, too. She puts out his clothes for him for yeah. the press. They're just awesome, yeah. awesome people. Well, and they're into, like, you know, religion. And oh, like yeah. That. Like, my wife is a big, like, Christian, and she, you know, she really liked that about Kirk. So now he's great. It's funny. Like, she's never mad at Kirk. 
It's not Kirk's fault. He's yeah. a good guy. He's yeah, trying he's, his best. Oh, he's the best. But then you watch Patrick Mahomes. High, high, high ankle sprain yeah. in the first game of the playoffs. Yeah. And he's mother effing his coach to take, like, don't take me out of this game. Yeah. You cannot. It took him five minutes to get him to go take an x ray. Right. And then he hobbles back out and wins the game wins and wins the, the Super Bowl. And I you're know. like, this is why we can't have nice things. This is exactly why we can't have nice things. Yeah. No, I, I'm optimistic always about Minnesota sports. I think that's the thing. Actually, on the back of my phone right now, it says optimistic. I gave my dad that shirt. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a Vikings logo. It says optimistic since 1961. And that's me about like all Minnesota sports every time. I don't know why I fall for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, I'm like the opposite. Like people are saying, we're going to lose. I'm like, no, we're going to. We do have Michael Jordan on our basketball team. So it's going to be very fun to watch this year. <laughs> do we actually have any Michael Jordan? Uh, he's pretty much Michael Jordan. Oh, Anthony oh, Ant, yeah. Edwards. Ant is incredible. I saw a highlight of him like last week. Just doing some crazy shit, turn around, he did could, a fadeaway. He could be the MVP this year. Yeah. No. He's 23 years old, I think. I know. Yeah. So that'll be fun. But we have Cat, and I don't... Yeah. And Gobert. Yeah. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, investment properties. Ooh, crazy underrated. Crazy underrated, right? Yeah. It's literally, yeah. like, one of the most important things, I think, that anybody should be trying to focus on. I talk about rich people versus wealthy people all the time. Yes. Rich people spend their money, and wealthy people have a lot of money. Most wealthy people I know own at least some large chunk of real estate. Right. My uh, one buddy, Brian uh, Schulten, he said, and, and I've, you've, everybody's heard the saying, but he, usually, he like embodies this. He's like, yeah, I'm uh, cash poor, but, you know, investment heavy. Like he just, you know, he's like, I don't have a lot in my bank account, but I also don't need anything in my bank account because all of my investment properties like fund my entire Pay me. life. Yep. You know, you know exactly. and, and it's just. I think everybody on the surface understands that concept, but then like there's another level. There's many levels to it, but there's like the another level of understanding of like, like I always used to think, why would I take a hundred thousand dollars that I worked so freaking hard for and give it to somebody and get like ten grand back? Yeah. Over a year. Why would I do that? And I'm like, that just seems stupid. And then you start to figure out that like well, it's ten grand, but it's like about a thousand dollars a month. So it's a thousand dollars a month less I don't have to come up with. And if I do that like ten times, I don't have to like work probably. Right. Right. Yeah. So like, okay. Yeah. You know? And so but but it on the surface to me it was always like, man, that's a lot of money to like just get a little bit of return or whatever. You know, a good return on investment right now is what, like eight to ten percent. Yeah. I mean, that's like great, right? Yeah. And so it's like, oh, ten grand on a hundred thousand? Eh. Why yeah. would they do that? But it's like, well, what else you can do with that money? But yeah, exactly. And also, by the way, you're paying down an asset with somebody else's money. Right. And you are probably not paying much or any tax on the money that you're making because of how the tax code's written. So right. that's been the beauty for us. We own 17 single family homes in St. Louis Park. Uh, we have an Airbnb, which is also our cabin. Mm -hmm. Huge tax benefits, but also a, a really good amount of cash flow. Yeah. Um, it's just harder to do. That's why some people don't do it. They'd rather it give it to a financial advisor or buy Coca-Cola or whatever. Right. But again, in life, having control over certain things is kind of nice, and I get to have a lot of control over my real estate investments. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, if anybody listening wants to know more about investment property stuff, I mean, AJ is the guy that I go to um, for, for a lot of And you own property, too. I do. I do. But, yeah. I mean, so Burr Method stuff, AJ is incredible. Um, but, yeah, if you just want, like, a basic knowledge on investments and stuff both of us could help you but aj is doing some really awesome things um do you own any commercial property yet no i, I own i, I, own I have that though. over you you do i own parts of commercial real estate <laughs> okay. actually so okay. i'm in syndications i 
um, have been in four, exited two, and have two okay. outstanding. I've, I've looked in syndications. I've never pulled the trigger on one. They're but. beauty for taxes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so if you know com- need commercial investment, obviously that's me. So. <laughs> for <laughs> no. sure. Um, I'm sure AJ could figure it out. Um, listing presentations. Oof. Depending on what you're talking about, I don't know. I mean, I think that a lot of agents, especially when they get asked by a friend or like a close person at work, that they want to sell their home. Mm-hmm. And I, I was guilty of this, and I lost listings because of it. And they show up they not really prepared, and they just kind of talk through, what are you thinking? Okay, great, I'll reach back out to you. Yep. And then all of a sudden, they're like, we went with somebody else, and we're going to go with them. It's like, oh, shoot, I didn't prepare and tell them right. you know, what they need. So. I would say underrated. I think every time that someone says, I want to sell a house, you need to come prepared with something, right. whether it's your best friend or someone you met on realestate.news.com. <laughs> right. The whole kit and caboodle. Just do the it all. The whole kit and caboodle. Um, I also agree with you. Yeah. Um, I think especially early on, you need them 100%. I think if you do it right by like year four or five, maybe even earlier, year three, your listing presentation kind of becomes your social media account. You know, people... They know what to expect mm-hmm. from it. You still need to come prepared, but I used to have to go over like, or not have to, I chose to go over like a 49 point plan. Yeah. And like, you know, you get a for sale sign and you get it. Like, yeah. Like all this stuff. Cause that's just what it was. And then eventually people started like literally almost dying at the table from boredom. Yeah. And they're like, Tyler, we know, like, can we just sign? We know what you're going to do. Like, mm-hmm. we get it, you know. But you didn't take it for granted. No. And I always, I still, I'm always like, I can cover all the marketing stuff that we do if you'd like me to, but I want to respect your time. Yeah. And I'd say nine out of ten times, you're like, nope, we got it. But having it, right? Having it ready. Available, Is yeah. important. Yep. Um, sunset photos for listings. Oh, so underrated. I love them. Daniel DeRoche got me hooked on them. Yeah. I, I did a I had a big like potential two million dollar listing yeah and I had him come and do the listing presentation I was like we can just co-list this together yeah I'm not gonna get it without you kind of thing yeah and he went through the sunset photos and how he described them and we do them on nearly every listing now mm-hmm. um, the big reason why is what we talked about earlier is people's attention spans are terrible you and gotta, they scroll you gotta hook them oh I've been at buyer meetings and seen them they're like oh there's this one house in Hopkins and they're like Yep, there it is. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you just went so fast through those. Like, yeah. did you even see anything else? Yeah. And and I'm like, for buyers, I say, you've got to be so much more discerning than the average consumer. Like, if the photos suck, still look at it Yep. because that might be a better opportunity for us. But on the listing side, I tell every seller, I get, like, five seconds to hook somebody. Right. Five seconds. Yep. If I don't stand out and get them to click through ten pictures in five seconds, yep. I've lost them. Yep. So we not only do the sunset photos, but we also take the 70 photos spacecrafting gives us and we boil it down to like 20 to 25 Mm -hmm. and I get them through the house quickly. And if they want to click on the 3D tour, they want to click on the full photo link. We have all that available for them, but I just want to get them hooked so they reach out to their agent and book a showing and the sunset photos are perfect for that. Yeah. We talk about, actually it's part, it's on our marketing plan. It's, it's called like, uh, stop the swipe. Is what we call it. Beautiful. And it's like we we always start with a sunset photo and then we hit them with like the top five to ten features right away versus driveway, front door, foyer. Oh gosh. You know what I mean? Like we go, we go because like, dude, there's times where there is a lake in the backyard. And, and you see six front photos first. It's the 70th photo. Yeah. And I'm like, what 
is happening. What right is now. happening? Because because uh, there'll be times a client will send me a house, it'll be listed at like a crazy high price, and then I start looking I'm like, what am I missing? Like what? I don't understand. Oh, 200 feet of footage. Wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then there's a lake, and I'm yeah. like, oh, it's waterfront. But, but there, like when we first started, and I think there's these still exist, but there were there's websites out there that. They only show you the first like three photos, and you have to sign in, or you have mm-hmm. to you know sign up or whatever. And it's like, make sure those first three to five photos are good. Work yeah, exactly. Um, podcasts. Oh, I like podcasts. I know. I say underrated for all of these, though. That's okay. I would say overrated in some situations here. I mean, there's too many of them. Right, and I think okay, I think podcasts in general, I'd say underrated. But then, what do you do with the information? Mm-hmm. Right, like. Um, I think John Cheplak was talking about this in uh, Vegas, and he said he he was like mocking people basically who like, well, I listen to podcasts and for these all these things, and he's like, great, what the fuck are you doing with the information? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and like I think people like you, um, and and partially like me, you know, we can hear things and maybe implement that pretty quickly, but a lot of people they they can't, and it's like. You can't just listen. It's a comfort just to listen to the podcast. They don't really have any action items. What are you doing with it? Mm -hmm. You know, so I'd say that that part, thinking you're going to listen to a podcast and change your life is very overrated. Yeah. Yes. It still takes work. It does. Exactly. But, but I mean, podcasts in general are a great tool, I think, for whether you're doing them or or listening. I mean, there's so much value there. People Mm -hmm. are just literally giving away what they do for free. The uh, Bigger Pockets podcast and stuff. Oh, it's awesome. Just, I'm like, to think if we had this growing up, you know what I mean? Like, our kids have this incredible opportunity to live in a world where, like, there's no secret anymore. Information, yeah. It's, it's everywhere. Clear. Like, yep. what do you want to do with your life? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just let's just go do mm-hmm. that, you know. Las Vegas. I would say underrated. You think underrated? I, think um, I didn't know I if you were going to say overrated. I love Vegas. <laughs> I love it for two days a year every year. Right. Two to three days yeah. max, right? Yeah, we got to the last day. So here's a funny story. We got to the last day. This uh, And everyone was pretty much gone by the time we yeah. left. We left like Thursday uh, midday. And Wednesday night, most people are gone. And I was just looking around on StubHub. Like, what's going on in Vegas tonight? Yeah. Katy Perry concert. Did you do it? No. no. Nobody wanted to go with me. <laughs> my brother and his wife and my wife. I'm like, guys, it's this Katy Perry. It's Katy Perry. In Vegas. She's going to show up. With a dress that looks like a pop can, and she's gonna sing all these pop ballads yeah. that mean nothing. Yeah. And it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. And it was like 75 bucks a ticket. And I'm like, why are we not going? And we didn't go. If I was there, I'd have been there. Very disappointed. Yeah. So we went We went to EXP Con in Vegas and uh, we hit a party bus. Oh, yeah. And okay. So I don't know if you know this, but you were the jackass that brought that Bud Light on the bus, right? I did. Okay. It was all that was available in the freezer. You should have gotten... Did you go into that f- beer freezer? No. There was no Nothing, beer. Just a 30-pack of Bud Light. And then, and then seltzers. <laughs> and I turned to Dylan, and I knew he would be like, I hate Bud Light. And yeah. I was like, Dylan, I'm sorry it's Bud Light, man, but this is all I could get. <laughs> but so we're on the bus, and uh, AJ and I are sitting next to each other, and I look down, and there's this 30-pack of Bud Light. I don't drink beer, so I didn't even think anything of it. I was just like, that's a weird choice. Anyways, I'll just move on. And now it makes sense, though. That was the only thing. And uh, at one point, um, there was a girl on the bus that got a pizza. Do you remember that? No. She like we went we went to Fremont, and yeah. And she like got a pizza and came back on the oh, bus. Oh, I didn't see. She the had pizza. a pizza all yeah. by herself. Yeah. And we were all like kind of like just giving her shit, like, "Oh, did you bring enough pizza to share? Yeah. Like, we're starving." And she turns around. And she's like, like she you know she was kind of like giving it back to us. And then she's like, "Yeah, and it's gluten free too." And like, like the dumbass I am. 
I was just like, I wanted to like oversell her line of like destroying us, you know? Yeah. Like it's gluten free. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I like fell back on the bus bench or like the little seat there. And then I, I hit the, the seat and I rolled on the floor, landed directly on the Bud Light <laughs> case. <laughs> and like at the time, hilarious, right? It's like we're all like, oh, that was amazing. We're having fun. And then I wake up the next morning. And I like go to stuff and I was like, oh, what the fuck? And like I look down, I have this giant bruise on my on my abdomen. <laughs> so good. From this so I called it my Bud Light bruise. I was gonna say it's a Bud Light broken rib. Oh my God, dude. I was just and like so literally for like a week straight, I just kept thinking about AJ and his stupid case <laughs> of Bud Light beer. <laughs> if it was Coors, maybe it would have been tall boys, it would have really <laughs> been a better fall. Those are the strongest cardboard box I've ever laid Very it on. Very I mean, the, the corner got me good. That's hilarious. But yeah, so that's my fun Las Vegas story. Uh, but yeah, I I feel like it depends. Las Vegas, going to Las Vegas and doing what we have done the past three years, to me, is becoming overrated. Yeah. I think Las Vegas, like the shows and the dinners and all that stuff, if you did it with like your wife or whatever, is like very underrated. There's so much to do. We did a lot of that too yeah. over there. Um, fun. But like, even like Still, one of my best memories in Vegas is the sports book with you like three years ago. Oh, we had a blast watching the twins. So fun. Like, so there's so much to do in Vegas. I think me going there and like getting ripped and just like running around town, like I've done it. It's fun. But I, I, that part to me is getting a little overrated. I like that EXP con will be in Miami. Miami next year. Very yeah. Looking. We're getting old. So we are getting old yeah. too. I get freaking bruised from a Bud Light case. Um, in office or at home, like for work? Oh, I pick in office most of the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I do. That's I, not overrated, underrated, just if you had to pick. No, I, I do really well from home working, but I found that the, at least in spurts, the energy mm-hmm. at the office makes a big difference and people tend to talk to each other more and learn a totally. lot more and collaborate. Do you so. ever feel a distraction? Yes. Sometimes. Yep, for sure. Our office isn't big. It's pretty open. So 20 people in there is kind of a lot. Yeah. But if there's like a good burst of collaboration for like two hours and then people kind of go on their yeah. way, that's kind of the best way that we yeah. operate. I, I love, I'm a big in-office guy. I do find myself getting more done at home nowadays, though, um, just because I think, as you've alluded to, our business has kind of changed. Mm-hmm. It's not as grinded out. It's just, it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's times where maybe we have to have more conversations with agents that aren't necessarily appropriate at the, like sometimes it's like, I want to have a one-on-one with you. Right. So I do find myself at home more often, but it's like efficient. It's not just like sitting around. Yeah. But either one works. Uh, Real estate conferences, overrated, underrated. Overrated. I agree. hundred percent. Buyer consultations. Way underrated. Way like Probably the most underrated. We focus so hard on these. I mean, we talked about online leads. We have lots of leads from Zillow through the program we're a part of. Um, mm-hmm. And I told them, I like, I had the, I, whenever the ISA is going on vacation, I'll just hop myself on phone calls for a little bit. I don't take any of the leads. Yeah. I'll just take the call. And I told them, they're like, what do we do? The house is always sold because Zillow doesn't have contingent statuses. Yeah. I was like, guys, I'm not like a genius. I literally have just said these lines over and over. You could practice the exact same lines that I do. Yeah. I can get a buyer meeting 50% of the time if the house is sold. They're like, no way, no way you can do that. I'm like, I'll literally go through the whole script. Just try it one time. You'll get a buyer meeting. It's not that difficult to do. And the buyer meeting Mm -hmm. is the best way to start expectation setting for that client so that the experience is seamless, stress-free. Well, you set the expectations. It's the biggest thing. Because otherwise, there's going to be a problem down the road that could have been addressed 
I can't believe the grade is so bad on the outside of this house, right? right? It's like, well, if you told them four times before it happened, they would have expected it. Well, Tyler, um, we want the light bulb replaced. <laughs> we want um, the carpet cleaned. And all new GFI outlets. Right, all new GFI outlets. Um, but yeah, the, all that stuff can be addressed during a buyer consultation. Mm -hmm. So you so you can actually, you can like sit in on a call with an agent, like from your phone. No, I just, I can take them. So you take the call. Yeah, and I talk to the consumer. Oh, like, okay. You take it, and then you give the lead. Hey, Tyler. So sorry that house is sold. You know, I go through the whole thing. Yeah. And then I can get a buyer meeting. Yeah, it's so easy. And then you just pass it off. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I, I do that too sometimes. Yeah. Um, teams. Underrated. Okay. I got into real estate on a team. Mm -hmm. I was a solo agent for maybe eight months mm -hmm. before TK joined my team. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you're new to the industry especially, even if you're not, like you just don't know what to do most of the time. People are like searching for what to do a lot of the time. And a team is a great way for you to get your feet wet, maybe get some leads, but just get some mentorship and guidance to get going. Well, I think it's the energy too, like you said. Like if you're just having a bad week, you're down in the dumps, you lost out on an appointment or whatever, and then you just like have nobody to turn to. Like this business is a lonely lonely business mm -hmm. and your spouse probably freaking hates you at that moment because yep. you're not making any money and whatever it's like you got to have a team to go back to mm -hmm. i think you gotta have some people and the difference between a team and like just going back to the office is like these people are invested with you in a way mm -hmm. like they're they're talking the same language mm -hmm. we're in the office with a bunch of solo agents and stuff that's great but they're all on their own plans they're all at different stages of their career usually they're not doing the same thing exactly so, yeah the team energy is like the culture all that stuff uh that's a big word that gets thrown around but it's if you find the right one it's like it can push you to be the best agent possible absolutely um a couple more multiple offers so overrated i hate multiple <laughs> offers i agree so stressful it's so stressful yeah the nonsense we've had to deal with for the past like three years dude it's crazy. And I tell people that now with buyers, especially yeah. they're like, oh, they're not meeting me where I want them to meet me. And I'm like, dude, I know, I know it's hard, but two years ago, you would have come to me and I would have said, okay, you have to offer 10% over the list price. Here's some inspection terms you could offer. Do you have $40,000 above your down payment that right. you could offer them as an appraisal gap? Right. So like, it was just horrible. It was, yeah, it was. And, oh, and you have five minutes to make the decision. <laughs> Let me know when you guys go talk for 60 seconds. Come back to me. We'll call you back at nope, nope. Do it on the phone. I want to hear it right now. Like, don't talk I'm, about I'm currently that. putting the offer together on my cell phone. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And like, yeah, okay. As a listing agent, multiple offers. It's cool. Great. But like to compile 50 offers. It's still a lot. Holy God. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's not fun. Terrible. And, and like my clients also don't want to hear the other 48 offers. Mm -mm. We want to know the top two. Mm -hmm. but guess what? We got to legally disclose all, all of them. My gosh. Um, yeah. So I'm glad the market is right now kind of in a, it's a good spot. I feel yeah. like it's, it, people can negotiate houses are still selling quickly, but yeah. it's like, you don't have to make a decision in a second. Yes. Um, the brokerage choice overrated, underrated. I'd, I mean, now that I'm at EXP, I'd say it's pretty underrated. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say even my previous places. I mean, the, at Remax, it was really just because of Jeff and Lindsay. Then they owned the brokerage after that, and that was massive for me. Because right. just having people that are the leaders at the at the company um, really invested in how you're doing is is, is pretty important. So yeah. I think some people go to these 100% brokerages thinking, I'm going to make all this money. 
it's like, well, the support that you get is also very, very important. Yeah, I agree. I think, I personally think that brokerage to me is slightly overrated. I think it's the people that Mm -hmm. you surround yourself with, which entails the right brokerage, right? But like, for example, if I picked you up and just plopped you down at name the 100% commission brokerage, you'd still be successful, yes. in my opinion, yeah. because you're AJ effing Pedersen. Mm. You're, not, you're not, I work at EXP, right. so I'm automatically successful. Yeah. Like, mm. So, yeah, I think be careful with your brokerage um, choice with like surrounding yourself with the right tools and the right people. But at the end of the day, if you're a badass, you're going to be a badass anywhere. It's just maybe you're not reaching your full potential yeah. if you're not at the right spot. So. Yep. But, yeah, for what it's worth, I mean, I used to be at a different brokerage as well, Edina Realty, and great company, but um, the opportunity here is is crazy. Yep. Um, which follows up with the next one I wrote down, EXP Realty, which I think we can both say underrated. is underrated. Underrated and underappreciated. Yeah, like, I think I, I think there's some bad actors within the company that make sure. people say, oh, all that company does is recruit and this, that, and the other thing. Um, we've kind of flown in the face of that with our group and yeah. trying to be a production based and do a really good job, add value and all that. It's amazing though. Like the misconceptions that people have though, still like, it's like, you think that everybody knows what we have to offer, but they don't. Mm-hmm. And then you talk to them and they're like, they're just mind blown every mm-hmm. time. So yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity. Um, let's see days off within your business. <sighs> I don't have days off. Yeah, you do. Not really. You get you take some time away. I take time off. Yeah, I don't really have set days off. I know you, you work do. the weekends. Pretty much. I mean, I'm, I I don't remember the last day where I didn't like open an email. Well, yeah. I will say. Okay. Um, How about days off from appointments? Oh yeah, right. All the time. You have those. Oh yeah, I love that. Right now, I don't have very many days off because I'm working on finishing a rental property project and my right. own house. Um, and then also representing clients and running my team. So there's just a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I value just rest time. Yeah. Really. Um, most of the time, that's like middle of the day hanging out with my yeah. wife. Well, and like, you know, like you alluded to, I, I try to take Wednesdays off, for example. But like yesterday, you know, I was doing some things. I went to a broker open for our, one of our partners. And um, yeah, you, you just it just depends on the day, I guess. But I think the people that say that they haven't taken a day off in like a year or something, I just want to punch them or like shake them or slap them, do something. Mm-hmm. It's like, you guys, your clients will still be there mm-hmm. if you just don't care for a day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, if you have an offer you're negotiating or whatever, like if you don't have a backup plan, that's on you. But other yeah. than that, like that that list we talked about, you know, that you're supposed to be accomplishing every day, if you just put that away for a day, it's not going to kill you. No. It's not going to kill you. It'll be there tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be there. But if you put it away for a day, and then it turns into five, and then it turns into a month. And then you're like, why don't I have any business? Right. Then that's a problem. Don't do that. Um, when somebody says, I already know the answer to this. When somebody says, well, I've been in the industry for 30 <laughs> years, <laughs> does that mean anything to you, AJ? It makes me so angry. <laughs> no. I just want to be like, well, how many houses have you sold in the last year? That's what I really want to come back with. Yeah, they just yeah people that like would say you're young, you've only been doing this nine years, or they don't even look you up and they just say that. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's one of this these guys again. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's that's fine that you feel that way, but this is how this is going to go. Yep, the industry experience play doesn't work. So don't even like. I mean, I got to catch myself now because I've been doing this for 10, 11 years, and I've been in it. I've had my license since I was eighteen, so that's that's. What is that? Was that 19 years? Mm-hmm. That's stupid. I feel so old. But like, 
you know, I could easily be like, well, I've had my license for 20 years. 20 years. I'm never going to say that ever. I've never seen anyone write that into a purchase agreement before. <laughs> it's the first time ever. I've been doing this for a thousand years. I had people, I mean, in baseball, I had people say all the time, I've been, I've been teaching this for 20 years, 40 years, whatever. I'm like, well, you've been teaching it the wrong way. For 20 years. It's a long time to it's do it wrong. It's a long time to screw it up. Um, a good assistant. Oh, so underrated. Like life-changing. I had an assistant for 10 hours a week my third year. I hired this guy as a buddy of mine. He's like, I got some part-time. I can transaction coordinate for you. That's it. 10 hours a week. I went from 29 transactions to 55 transactions Yep. with 10 hours of help. Yep. Yeah. Their good staff is absolutely mind-blowing game-changer. Yeah. Yeah. I The most stress I've ever been in my entire career was the first year full-time with no assistant. It was oh, just me selling 30 houses by myself. I did that too. You're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I didn't send it to the title company. 3 a.m. I was up <laughs> to doing emails every, almost every day. Yeah. It was insane. Brutal. So yeah, if you're at that point, like, please just take the chance and, and, and look at it this way. You're not committing to a salary of, let's just call it 50,000 or whatever it is. You're committing to like a month. Yeah. Okay. Just try it out for a month. And if it doesn't work, then like move on. Yeah. You're not out 50 grand. You're out four, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. try it because it will change your life. Yes. Um, <laughs> business cards. So overrated. <laughs> I do have some in my pocket. I have a few too. Just in case I run into someone who maybe is a little older that really wants a business card. Mm-hmm. I will give it to them. A lot of times I'm like, oh shoot, I just ran out. Yep. I'm out. What's your phone number? Yeah. Cause I'll text you really quick. Like that's what I do every time. <laughs> it is so funny. Or I'm like, Hey, let's just find each other on social media really quick. Seriously. Um, let's see here. I got a few other ones. I just want to make sure that I ask you ones that are relevant. Uh, we talked about internet leads. We don't need to get into that. Business partnerships. Underrated. Yeah. And I didn't know that until I got to EXP, to I be know. honest. I didn't even know Parker when I joined EXP. Yeah. Never had met him in my life. Met him for the first time. And I was like, oh, wow. And then we became really good buddies. And we just talk all the time about different things that we can do because we run very similar models. Yep. Um, and that's, I mean, been a huge reason why we went from 120 transactions four years ago to 400 this year. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. And then the last one I wrote down was <laughs> being a team leader. Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Every team leader I've had on here, even Julie D said the same thing. Oh, it's just a lot of work. It's dude. It's just, I, I don't know why people think when the, the, the when people are like team leader, I think they immediately just think like wealthy beyond. Oh yeah, like 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 it's like we found just we found the the hidden people. tomb yeah. in Aladdin with all the treasure, and we're just like rubbing a lamp, and like all this shit just happens, and we have all this money. It's like it takes the right person, I yeah. think, to do this yeah. job because it's a lot of work for other people. Mm-hmm. Like, how many hours a day do you get to actually focus on your personal business? It's it's half probably like what it used to be yeah. right and it's just like how do you how to how can you do that yeah like, you know what I mean you go from well I need all these hours in the day to run my business to well I only get half that and mm-hmm. I also have to worry about everyone else's business mm-hmm. right and yes there are great benefits to being a team leader we do it because we love it we love to help people right yep. and we feel like we can we can really change people's lives mm-hmm. but I talk to people all the time they're like you know they're crushing it in real estate and I'll be like well what's next like what are you what are you gonna do I'll probably start a team. Yeah. And I was like, well, why? Like, I mean, more money. And I just laugh. I like start laughing. Like I laugh like really loud now on purpose because I'm just like, no, 
In fact, in the first few years, you're going to make less money. Working harder. Working way more. And your personal business is going to take a giant shit. Yeah. So if you want to do that, great. Otherwise, maybe you join a team that you just leverage. and Or just you... hire some staff, man. You're doing yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, my God. This one guy I talked to, he was like, yeah, I'm going to start spending lots of money on marketing. And I was like, you sold 100 houses with one person, like one uh, showing agent, and they were all referral. And you want to start marketing? Why? What's I was like, you, you, you won. You, you are, you are marketing. You hit the cheat code button. Yeah, you just, right. you just bypassed five years of BS and just was like, eh, I'm just gonna work off referral for the rest of my life. Yeah, sell a hundred houses a year. I'm like, don't do that. No. Like, I mean, yeah, like, put post on social, I guess, but don't spend any money. Any know? more leads? How am I gonna sell more? It's like, well, you're gonna need more people then, and more headaches, you don't need and more to. things, and yeah, you're doing You've great. Won. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so yeah, but the, I think it's just the ego in this industry. Like people want to be the best, so I got to be a team leader or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's just like, no, team leaders are for specific type of people. Yeah, um, it's not about money right. at all. It's about leverage and it's right. about changing lives, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I think it's very overrated as yeah. well. <laughs> and if I would have known about EXP's model when I started a team, I always say like I may not have a team. Yeah. you know what I mean because. When I was at Edina Realty, we didn't have the ability to like partner with people. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole different like wild concept of just like you may not even need to like have a team really. You yeah. can just like have a bunch of business partners um and 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 you can all help each other out too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. well, that's all I got for today. Oh, it's great. I know. I really appreciate you being on. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. I, I learned a lot. I had a lot of good reminders too, um, that I definitely will be passing on to my team and for anybody else out there who was is listening or, or watched this, I hope you guys took some stuff away from this. Uh, you know, I'm sure AJ will say the same thing, but feel free to reach out to me or AJ at any time. We would love to help you with with any questions or struggles or whatever you got going on in your business. We're always here just to kind of offer up what we have. Um, but uh, anybody else out there who thinks that they might know somebody that would be a good fit for this uh, podcast or you yourself listening or watching uh, thinks that you have something to add to this podcast. I'd love to add you as a guest. Please reach out to me on any of our socials. I mean, you realtors can't hide from anybody. No. You just, if you can't find me, like, You're I don't know what, what's Your going connection on. connection is wrong. Don't reach out to me. If yeah. you can't <laughs> find, like, you're probably not a good fit. Um, but anyways, thanks again for watching and listening, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope that this helps you level up. Nice. See ya.